0: mpb think radio this is deep south dining it's a show all about the culture of southern flavor kevin farrell here with deborah hunter from cooking with honey and friends after you've served the perfect meal and everyone is ready for some sweet treats what do you bring out of the kitchen maybe sweet potato pie or a chocolate cake or do you serve oven fresh cookies with a scoop of ice cream we're talking desserts today and as usual deborah brought us a special sweet treat we uh, will later in the show we'll hear from food network star chef g garvin about what he was cooking up here in Mississippi this past weekend. We'd like you to join the conversation with your comments this morning. The number is one mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 or send us an email, food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit MPBOnline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. So after you serve the perfect meal, everyone's ready for some sweet treats. What do you bring out of the kitchen? Maybe a sweet potato pie or a chocolate cake or some oven fresh cookies with a scoop of ice cream. So we are talking desserts today. Deborah brought us a special sweet treat or two this morning. Uh, later in the show, we'll hear from Food Network Star Chef G. Garvin, who was in town this weekend. See what he was cooking up here in Mississippi. You can join the conversation with your phone call. The number is 1877 MPB ring. It's 1877. or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So, good morning, Deborah. Hope that you had a good weekend.
2: Good morning, Kevin. I had an absolutely amazing weekend. And, of course, I enjoyed the rain last night. I think I saw Noah in his ark floating by my house. <laughs> you know, that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, it's been an incredible weekend. I um, attended an event at Jackson State this weekend. And I want to give a shout-out to uh, Java Chapman, who is my superhero this weekend. He showed up and um, gave him a quick call of the weekend and asked him could he do something for me, and without hesitation, he put on his Superman cape. He said yes, and he absolutely uh, saved the day. So thank you so much, Java.
3: That's because you bribed me with the uh, red velvet cake. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shh, don't tell everybody that, right? <laughs> well, who says bribery doesn't work, right? <laughs>
0: So I uh, I, ha- I found a hickama this uh, weekend. Uh, so I bought one and, and took it home with me. <clears throat> so I tried that out.
2: <clears throat> Say it, jicama. <laughs> I know Frank is on his couch right now, jumping <laughs> up and down, going, "Yes, I'm winning them little by little." Frank, it ain't happening. Okay.
0: It was. Uh, <clears throat> they're larger. They're. This, it was the size of like a softball. <clears throat> okay. So I got
3: it home. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Some water. Pardon me. Oh, we gotta get Kevin some some all that. Uh, what it's, was that? That, lemon that, that, lemon. It's the, it's that <laughs> lemon? that lemon you brought in this morning. That's what it was. I'm telling you. You had the whole um, uh, people from communications was coming up. They could smell it.
2: So okay, so everybody, I brought in a fresh lemon curd this morning, and uh, it, the lemons are fresh. And you, of course, you just simply uh, slice them at the top and the bottom so they'll stand upright, and you uh simply take a spoon and you hollow them out. But the beautiful part is, is that you get to stuff them with wonderful, yummy stuff. And so what I did was I took the fresh juice from the lemons, Kevin, from each hole, and then I squeezed it into, of course, some cream cheese and uh, a little bit of powdered sugar, and we creamed that up really well. And I scooped a little bit in, added some fresh granola, scooped a little bit more in, Uh, uh, Plated it with a little bit of mint and this beautiful piece of chocolate on top. It's great presentation. It's really yummy. But the lemons are very, very intense, the flavor. And so, Kevin, I could see his face light up. It's like that little jawbreaker piece of candy that you get. (laughs) And his face was lighting up. So... Uh, you know, kudos for you always being such a sweetheart on Monday mornings, Kevin.
0: So um, you also brought in uh, a chocolate cake that was really, really – And I thought both things today were really uh, flavor intense. As we mentioned, you know, the fresh lemon, so you got that really – Powerful, which is good, but it's, you know, you you, you pucker a little bit when you eat a good lemon, but it's got that good flavor. And then the, the chocolate. The well, puckering is always good for kissing Kevin, so. <laughs> the chocolate cake was real, real chocolatey, so I thought that was well. Talk, talk a little bit about the cake.
2: Well, you know, th- this cake really is kind of a red velvet cake that went rogue on me, Kevin. You know, I'm always talking about uh, whenever I'm uh, teaching a class or whatever, telling people, like, make sure you have all of your ingredients before you start your recipe. Well, me with my smart self. Um, I, lied, I had I said, No problem, I have everything. And I started making this cake and realized that I didn't have the food coloring. So the only thing that's missing from this cake is um my food coloring. And a lot of people don't realize that real bever cake is just a chocolate cake uh on a whole nother level. And so uh that's that's it. And I mean it's really moist. It's like you said, the flavor is very, very intense and it's really yummy. And what I did was I created a chocolate ganache. So while the cakes are still in the pan, you just simply, while they're still warm, is you pour this yummy ganache right over this very hot cake, which intensifies the flavor, but also it creates a moisture level for you. And then you can go ahead and add, you know, your traditional icons on it if you want to, and your pecans and your coconut. So it's just a really yummy cake.
0: This is interesting. So I found a a, a site about jicama online, and... uh what does it taste like? I'll agree with this. I recently heard Hickama described perfectly as a savory apple. Uh, so that's what the when I was eating, that was the the texture that I was thinking of was uh, it, because it was crunchy, crisp, had very juicy, uh, and it you know it's a white. So it it really did remind me of an apple. I did I didn't find it to be t- taste overwhelming, which. I guess it's a good thing for what I was using it for. I have some hummus, so I was kind of dipping it in hummus uh, as sort of a little, you know, side dish for my dinner uh, the other night. So, I, you know, I liked it. Like It was a little bit uh, difficult to uh, to cut up. The other thing it says, um, you should peel a, a jicama's thick, papery skin, but don't use a vegetable peeler. A chef's knife will give you much better and safer results. So I did try to use a vegetable peeler and got a couple off, but realized it was... Uh,
2: the skin is too thick, right? so you use the word savory, Kevin. So, um, so apparently this is not a sweet bite at all, because I've never had hickama before, but I'm going to try it since you did,
0: right? No, I, it's definitely not. But uh, um, does but it again, have a,
2: pap- a peppery flavor to it, or
0: not really? Like I said, the, the described in here is maybe nutty, but like I said, I, to me. It was almost a neutral flavor, which, again, made it the perfect thing neutral
2: for... Neutral is a nice word for bland, Kevin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I, the taste, by I mean, I in terms of eating it, like I said, it's, it's very... It was very juicy. It was very crisp. So, I mean, I think it was... It, it, there's not all just taste, as we've talked about before, but it, so it was, you know, it, the tactile sense in your mouth of crunch and everything, and there was a little bit of flavor. So, to me, it's the perfect thing for... Um, you know, to, to dip hummus or any sort of vegetable dip or something like that in.
2: Well, the thing that I thought about immediately when you were saying that it's kind of a neutral flavor, which gives you uh, an opportunity to choose if you want to take it to a more savory side. You can add some cayenne peppers and some, you know, some salt and some ginger and some lemons to create that side of it. If you want to take it to something sweeter, you can do that by using some honey or some uh, refined sugars to maybe even create a dessert from it, Kevin. So, you know, kudos to Frank for the jicama.
0: Uh, we are talking about desserts today. Uh, jicama is not a dessert, but it's an interesting food to talk about. But uh, after you finish the jicama, you can always have a piece of pie or some cake or some cookies. So what's your favorite uh, sort of dessert this morning? Give us a call. We've got the phone lines open. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 You can send an email to food at org. <clears throat> the suggestion here is that uh, you could add jicama to your salsa Uh, Oh wow! Or uh, make it um, possibly in a in a uh, coleslaw type of thing, you know. uh, To you know, slice it into thin strips uh, and mix it in with uh, the cabbage, and so that would be good. So, uh, so uh, you know, I would say this that um, it's not probably going to be in my everyday thing, but uh, you know, Frank had mentioned it on the air. It's an interesting thing, and so I thought it would be fun to try something new, and it, it was pretty good.
2: Well, that's the wonderful thing about, I'm eating this chocolate cake, y'all, it's so <laughs> yummy, oh my gosh. But that's the wonderful thing about a food journey, Kevin, is that you have an opportunity to get out of your same circle. One of the things that I hear people say a lot is, I'm bored of cooking what I cook. Well, there are so many things on the planet to cook and so many different varieties of things. You just have to step out of your comfort zone. And you get to not only learn about the food itself, but you get to learn about its region as it's from. You know, its origin. There's a lot of history that goes with food, and you get to meet some wonderful people along the way. So,
0: and again, that's why I would recommend not in one in particular, but the Blue Apron, the Home Chef, that that service that they send the food into you. That's really a great way uh, to discover new tastes um, and new cooking techniques and that sort of thing. And my my thought on this is, you know, it's it's two it's two plates. So if you don't like it you can choke down two servings of something i think <laughs> most things unless it's just something you absolutely don't well, like i don't
2: know kevin i've had I've, <laughs> I've had a situation where um somebody somebody actually prepared something i'm not going to tell a whole story just in case they're listening and everybody sitting at the table was looking for somewhere to hide it <laughs> So I don't know about always choking it down.
0: (laughs) Well, I've been fortunate in that there's been nothing that I disliked so much that I didn't at least eat the two servings of it. So uh, we've got uh, our friend Kathleen is on the line this morning. Good morning, Kathleen.
4: Hey, Kathleen. Good morning. A couple of quick things. One, uh, I was reading an old copy of Mother Earth News that a friend gives me now because I love all the, the recipes and the cures and stuff. And they have an article in there about saving stuff in ice cubes. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm vindicated now. <clears throat> now I've got another gadget for y'all. Okay. Uh, okay. When you're cooking something and you want some heat and pepper flavor in the pie, but you don't want to leave it in there. They have these little tea, I call them a tea cozy. I don't think that's the right word. It's like a little metal ball. You screw it together after you put your tea in there. Right. You can put your peppers in there, bay leaf in there, or whatever. And it usually has a chain. You can hook it on the side of your pot. Or they have some that look like a, um, I don't know what you call them. A spe- uh, you squeeze it, and it opens on two little spheres at the end of it, uh, like a, uh, some kind of scissors-looking thing, but it's not. And the little spheres are made out of mesh. And you can put your jalapenos, your habaneros, or your bay leaf, or anything you don't want in the sauce, in that, you can let it sit, you can let it rest as long as you want, and then just take it out when you
2: throw. That's fantastic. I I thought I heard your kitty cat in the back. That cat's going, no, no. This (laughs) one did scream (laughs) on the uh,
4: breakfast thing. There's a quick little thing, uh, because... when you live alone, sometimes it's not always good to have a whole cake sitting in front of you. Amen to that. I, I have a tendency to like it a lot. But uh, you can get a flour tortilla, put a little butter, margarine, or whatever in a hot, preferably iron skillet, but whatever. Flip it. As soon as you flip it, when you see it kind of puffing a little bit, take it out. You can sprinkle it with brown sugar. You can put pecans in it, raisins in it, shredded coconut in it. You can smear it with yogurt, put apples, mandarin, oranges, whatever. You roll it up, and it's really good. It's um, easy, quick, and it's one of those uh, not-cook, more or less assemble foods.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
4: So you can store the peanuts and the coconut and chocolate without losing your investment in the, the uh, ingredients.
5: All
2: right. That sounds yummy, one of those quick and, uh, and that Kevin, I love to I'm keep. I'm going to
4: be calling you probably once a month about that tea <laughs> 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 Oh, I enjoy your show so much. It's one of the few where you get to participate, have a laugh, learn a little something, make some friends. Very, very, very good.
0: All
2: right. Thank you so much.
0: Good to hear from you, Kathleen. All right. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we will continue talking about desserts. We'll talk about the top, the top 12 desserts according to Southern Living Magazine. See if you agree with that. Uh, so what is your favorite dessert to serve to friends and family? The number to call is one mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this.
1: a sustaining member of mpb think radio we appreciate your support of our programs to become a sustainer go to mpbonline.org this is an mpb think radio podcast to hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the mpb public radio app to listen on your iphone or android phone on demand
0: Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking today about my favorite part of the dinner, dessert. <laughs> so uh, is it cake, a pie, cookies, a cobbler? Uh, what is your favorite dessert? What's the thing that you like to cook uh, when you need something sweet? Give us a call. The phone lines are open at 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672 You can email the show food at mpbonline.org.
3: And so, that thing, um, Kathleen from Osaka, mm-hmm. I love when she calls in, uh, yes. was just talking about it's a, a tea infuser okay. or, or a little tea ball that she was talking about with the chain. Mm-hmm. You, you can fill it up. And, yeah, so she didn't know what it was called, but it's a tea infuser.
2: It's a tea infuser. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And I thought that was a a
0: good suggestion. You know, the other thing that comes to mind to me is bay leaves, if you're making... Uh, some um, uh, red beans and rice or something, and a lot of times, they'll, you know, you forget to fish the thing out of there. So uh, it's a good idea uh, because, again, it lets the flavor get in there, uh, but you don't have to worry about uh, too much peppery f- or someone, f- heaven forbid, actually biting into one.
2: Well, the- yeah, and one of the things, you know, even if you don't have the tea infuser to use is, uh, you know, a lot of times if you're fixing a sauce or something and are using uh, – uh, for instance, uh, cayenne fresh peppers, or you using bay leaves or um, some other, you know, s- spice or s- sage in particular, which is, you know, very savory in flavor, you want to go ahead and for a few minutes to leave it in, but you want to take it out. And a lot of times you don't want to leave it overnight because it will intensify and sometimes even take over your original intent when you're cooking. So it's always good to remove those items out.
0: All right, so uh, Southern Living Magazine, uh, it's a a popular magazine, a lot of great uh, recipes in there and some other things. So these obviously would be Southern-type desserts, but we've got their uh, top 12. These are in no particular order now, though. But we have pound cake, chocolate chip cookies, Mm. chess pie, carrot cake, peach cobbler, pecan pie, homemade ice cream, key lime pie, red velvet cake, strawberry shortcake, Mississippi Mississippi Mud mud. Brownies (laughs) and Chocolate Moose Cake. Yes. All right. Of that list, I'm I'm not sure I know what a Mississippi Mud Brownie is. Oh, my gosh, Kevin. But I've had, and I don't know, I might have had Chocolate Moose Cake, maybe not described that way, but I'll just say I've had them all. What the heck? That's close enough. What
6: (laughs) the heck?
2: Well, Kevin, you know, all of these are not just Southern recipes, but no matter where I travel in the United States, you are going to find these staples on somebody's menu. And of course, the variations may be different because, of course, I always say Southerners are the best cooks in the world. And so um, what you'll find is from different regions that some of these um, items may have actually become lighter in uh, their idea and textures, and some of them may even be heavier, just depending on where you are.
0: So uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the items on there. And by the way, we've got some open phone lines. I can't believe that we don't have any more dessert fans. Am, am I the only one that likes a good cake or a pie? Uh, give us a call this morning. <laughs> I can assure you you're not. <laughs> at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So what do you think makes a good cobbler? What are what are the I mean, obviously you gotta have some fruit in there, but is it the fruit or the crust or what is it?
2: I think it's a perfect balance of both. The The worst thing in the world for me is, you know, for somebody to tell me they're serving me a, let's say, a peach cobbler, for instance, and it's peaches and no crust. And if you notice, um, most of the time when you see people going in for cobbler, they want that extra crust in their plate, and especially when it's light and fluffy and really yummy. Whether it's your blueberry cobbler or your cherry or whatever, uh, you just want that little uh, crust. And so for me, it's creating that equal balance uh, that makes the dessert just perfect. And don't forget that scoop of um, Cool Whip or ice cream on top of cobbler. Absolutely perfect.
0: When I was uh, in high school in Hattiesburg, our backdoor neighbor used to make the best peach cobbler uh, and uh, used Bisquick. Oh,
2: and there are a lot of quick and easy recipes out there. You know, my grandmother would actually roll out the crust, you know, and she would she had canned some fresh peaches. Well, of course, you know, we don't have to do all those things anymore. Uh, The quick recipe that my mother taught me, uh, Kevin, after I started cooking, she gave me this recipe and it's called one, two, three. And basically it's one cup of flour, one cup of milk, one cup of sugar. You blend that all together. Uh, It's uh, one stick of butter. I think it's one egg and one large can of peaches and you dump all that stuff in together mm-hmm. and you put it in a dish. Well, you, you I'm sorry. You do, you do the batter part first. You put it in a dish and then you uh you, you kind of spread your peaches out on top and you put it in the oven sprinkle a little cinnamon on it. And it's quick, it's easy, it's really yummy. But there's so many different varieties of ways to cook yummy peach cobbler.
0: You know, it's interesting. You said one, two, three. I wonder if you do you remember Jell-O one, one, two, three.
2: Jell-O one, one, two, three. Please, no, I don't.
0: <laughs> you don't. I, well, now you're making me feel old. <clears throat> when I was a kid, Jell-O made some sort of dessert. Kevin, you're
2: still a kid.
0: <laughs> that had, it ended up having three layers. So it was called Jell-O one, two, three. So it was like the bottom layer was completely Jell-O. The middle layer was... Half Jello, half whatever the topping was, and then I guess the top layer was the topping. But anyway,
2: well, no, obviously I, it wasn't thing, that popular. The only thing that I remember with the one three, you remember the owl that was trying to get to the Senate? Oh Loddy yeah, Park yeah, how yet? many licks to take?
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> quite, quite, quite the same thing, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> Finally, the, uh, the the dessert fans have weighed in, so let's uh, head to the phones and see what people have to say this morning. We begin with Jenny in Jackson. Good morning, Jenny.
2: Good morning, Jenny. How are you? I'm fine. How are y'all? Wonderful. What do you have for us this morning? Um, well, I was
7: just inquiring. Uh, macaroons are one of my favorite things to get, and it seems like they're it seems like it's hard to find them or it's difficult to find them made properly and I was just wondering you know if is, is it something I'm missing um you know is that something that you make sometimes or are they really hard to make like why is there it's so seemingly difficult to get a good macaroon. I'm just sort of curious about that situation.
2: Well, that's a, a really good question, and if you, sp- I don't really have an answer to that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of bakers around town who still make wonderful, yummy uh, macaroons. Uh, so, uh, oh, and sh- can I
7: shout out to La Brioche? Oh my God, they're wonderful. But it just it seems like, and and I know Campbell's has stopped making them and sent their business to La Brioche. And that made me wonder even more, is there something about making them that is just really Different or difficult or hard to find ingredients.
2: Absolutely not. It just sometimes, especially when you're running a, a business, it may be based on popularity because you you know you want to be able to sell not just to one or two clients. It's it's being able to make sure that you're selling in volume. So sometimes it could be a matter of just personal taste, what people really like. Because what I may think is really yummy and I'm going to die for, there's ten other people that you know not really interested in it. So I don't know if that may be yeah, one of the I'm issues. Sure. Uh, but I love a good macaroon, so I don't. I don't know, well, and they're quick and easy to make, actually. So you know, that's uh, that's it's, what I thought too. Yeah. I thought they're
7: they're not all that difficult, but it just it, like I say, it just seems like it's really hard to find a good one. So I was just curious. Well, yeah. and also when you make yours, do you vary your flavors on the inside? I've noticed some people do that. Some people keep the flavoring in line with the flavor of the macaroon. And some people
2: vary it. Well, uh, I'm I'm a girl that's always curious when I'm in the kitchen, so I'm always going to add a little bit of honey touch to whatever I do. I'm never going to take somebody else's recipe and just stay true to it. Uh, It's just like the lemon treat that I brought in today was something that we um, actually got a chance to experience over the weekend. But instead of using um, the cream cheese curd, they just simply used a Cool Whip. And so um, with me being a Southern girl, I was looking for a little bit more flavor and a little bit more attitude. So I always think that whenever you get a recipe, I think you should learn the basic formulas of how it works. Make sure you have that right. And then go ahead and add your own personality to it. And you sound like a girl with a lot of fun and a lot of energy. So I'm sure whenever you take a recipe, you can bring it to life to a whole nother way.
0: All right, uh, Jenny, thanks for the call. If anyone else out there listening has anything on macaroons, maybe a good place to uh, to find them. Uh, give us a call and let us know. According to Wikipedia, Jello 123 was a Jello product introduced <laughs> in 1969 and discontinued in 1996. The product was a 4.3 ounce mix that separated into three distinct layers a creamy top, a mousse like middle, and a plain Jello bottom. And I can't oh. believe that you never had Jello 123. I mean,. Jello was just Jello, but Jello one two three was like you know Uptown.
2: Well, see, now we had Jello in our house all the time, but my mother would always make these wonderful Jello rings with fruit cocktail in it. Oh, and- I hated those.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like Wait, the Jello with that, the fruit in it? No, no, oh, no man, no. that's the best. Wait a minute, job.
2: did you see his face? It he, was- did, he,
3: tur- he, tur- he turned, he turned, he away. He was like, I'm not having any parts of that fruit with the Jello. That's the best part. I like fruit and I like Jello. I just didn't like fruit in Jello. That- that was a. I will never forget. that. I've never seen you make
2: that face before, Kevin. It was like you know.
3: <laughs> now, Deborah, if you bring some Jello with some fruit in it, he might eat it because he. I don't. He just, that was that was that was a hard reaction right there.
2: Oh but Kevin, so. wait a minute. Do I one more time. I hate that. <laughs>
0: Let's uh, let's get back to the phone lines. <laughs> we'll go to uh, oh, wow. Mikey and Mobile has called in this morning. Good morning, Mikey.
2: Hey, Mikey. Good morning.
6: Oh, Kevin, you need <laughs> some serious retraining to be I mean, you
2: just do. You know, you want some fruit, and jello. Come on, you know it's like um. <laughs> no, Mikey, he's not. Just not gonna eat it. I hate that. <laughs>
0: I was never a big fan of fruit cocktail either. It's,
2: it's okay, Kim. All right, I okay, still
6: love well, you. Uh, what I really called them to say is, I, I the people who call into this program. They're just also wonderful, aren't they? I mean, and some who call in, uh, like I said, Kathleen, how many ideas have I stolen from you, girlfriend? I mean, <laughs> and, the, um, and that, uh, the uh, infuser, and thank you, Java, for telling us that that infuser is the thing, because I've got, I don't know, I've got several of them. But um, the, the real hint in that to me is that if you do put it in, and this is the tip I'm adding to it, um, if you're dealing with people like Kevin who hate that much heat, and you cook, you know, the base portion, you pull that out, put that in the refrigerator for a little while, and then, you know, if you want to reheat for him later when it's going to be better, you, I mean, you don't put it back in for him, but you put it in for you, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. Whenever you're cooking a meal, you always, especially when you're having a dinner party or friends or family over, you want to consider everybody that's coming. I mean, that's the part of sharing your love and who you are. Uh, Mikey, with your family. So, yes, Kevin, I already know that my Monday morning man doesn't want a whole lot of heat. So we try to, you know, dial it back for him. But there are people in here who want to sweat a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you try to... Okay, okay. Speaking of
6: people who want to fret, Frank, thank you. I love fretting Frank, man. Um, uh, I'm so glad <laughs> that he introduced y'all to the because um, it's, it's not the... Uh, the now, it, 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 this leads me to something else that I'll get to in just a minute. Um, the hikama is the texture tech- Mm-hmm. it's the texture of it it to me it's kind of like water chestnuts
0: right mm-hmm. you
6: know it, it and so it's the floater for the things that are very very flavorful you know like hummus or, or salsa or whatever um and what i was going to get to is um that's uh And this is bait, because (laughs) this is bait for the people in Louisiana, because I know that they're going to know, you know, they are the people. I'm just, I'm moving it from Louisiana back to, uh, trying to get it back to Mobile, merletons. People Uh. like me who can't eat cucumbers can eat something like merletons. So I'm trying to learn how to grow it. And I'm throwing it out there. Y'all call in and tell us how.
0: All right. Good to hear from you, Mikey. Thanks for the call. Let's get one more call in before the break, and it's Suzanne in Laurel. Good morning, Suzanne.
2: Good morning. Hi. How are y'all doing? Fantastic. What do you have for us this morning, Suzanne? Well, I wanted to talk
5: about um, my mother always made this fantastic peach cobbler. And when I moved as a young lady to California, I'd cook at my friend's house, and it was by far their absolute favorite thing that I made. And I always did it with, uh, a skillet and I put the, uh, stick of butter in the pan and then I pour my batter in it. And the trick I've learned over the years is, uh, you know, I use a, it's a, basically a cup of cuppa. It's, um, you know, a cup of self-rising, cup of sugar, can of peaches with, with the heavy syrup because the heavy syrup will make the crust very, uh, very chewy, which mm. is what my family likes.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: But when I put in the milk, I put in half cup of milk but I put in half a cup of vanilla coffee creamer. Oh,
2: wow. And it's
5: just made all the difference. And I also wanted to comment about the bay leaves. Um, I buy my bay leaves at the supermercado. I go and buy them at, uh, you know, the Mexican grocery stores. And I put three or four in a Pyrex glass. And then I, you know, boil them down in the microwave in two cups of water. And then I add the fluid. I don't put the bay leaves in my cooking anymore.
0: Oh, okay. So you get the flavor, but then you don't have to fish the thing out at the end of the cooking.
5: Exactly. That's I mean, because there's, you know, many ways you can do that. Like, I, you know, you can um, stick, them in, um, stick them in the water first and put them in um, like a fine-grade sieve or something mm-hmm. like that. But it, it always seems to work better just sticking them in the microwave and shortcutting it. All right. You know? Great.
2: Yeah.
0: Suzanne, thanks for calling this morning.
2: That's an absolutely fantastic idea. And, of course, you know, there's somebody's grandmother running around. And, no, that's not the way to do it already. <laughs> but I think, you know, whatever works for you, make it happen.
0: All right. We need to take a quick break. If uh, Bob and Roger are on the line, going to hold on for a few minutes. We've got an interview with Chef G. Garvin of the Food Network coming up after this break. And then we'll continue taking some phone calls. So it'll be a couple of minutes, but we'll be with you. So if you can hold on or if you'd like to call back, you can do that No, we're actually well.
3: going to uh, go take their calls and then go. All right change of strategy there (laughs) java's the driver of this bus so we'll be back with more after this
2: fantastic
7: If you have a vehicle that you no longer need and is collecting dust, we have a solution. Donate it to MPB. Your donation will go towards supporting your favorite programs that keep the community informed. To get more information about our car donation program, call us at 877-MPB-4-CAR or visit mpbonline.org slash support.
1: listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email food at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Mm -hmm.
0: Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking today about desserts. Uh, in just a few minutes, we'll visit with uh, Chef G. Garvin. This was someone that uh, Deborah met this weekend, and so she had an interview with him. That's coming up in probably about uh, 10, 15 minutes. But we do have some time to get to the calls first. So we begin again in Olive Branch, as we say good morning to Bob. Bob, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Hey,
2: Bob. Good morning. Uh,
5: good morning. Yeah, I just wanted to talk a bit about... Uh, Fried pies. Oh, wow. Skillet fried pies. Not meat fried, but fried in a skillet with butter. Mm -hmm. And uh, you use uh, dried fruit, like dried peaches. And you come out with a sort of a tart, sweet, buttery flip over. It's just great.
6: Mm -hmm.
5: I just, uh, it's just a dessert that we, we really like. Of course, you can make it out of apples and... Chocolate, different different things, but uh juice was my
8: favorite. But all right, I
5: thought I'd throw that out and let you talk about it in a minute. All
0: right, Bob, thanks for the call. Now that's a, that's a real southern dessert as well.
2: Oh, Kevin, when he mentioned it, I closed my eyes because fried pies is the best ever, and it's, and I actually like the peach cobbler and the apple fried pies. Apples, I think it would be my number one choice. But yes, it's that getting that idea that the crust is crisp up a really sweet and you know you got a little bit of sometimes it's brown sugar on there or you can put a glaze on it scoop of ice cream there's nothing not to love about a wonderful hot Fried pie, absolutely.
0: But you would use then the same sort of crust as you would for a regular pie and fold it over?
2: Oh, absolutely. You can, you know, and then it's what's really great, you know, people always ask me, do I make homemade crust? I do know how, but Kevin, you know, I want to do that. So I always buy and I cheat. I I take a a regular uh, pie crust and if I'm going to do something like a fried apple pie, I simply flatten it out, brush on a little bit of butter and warm water, just kind of smooth it out, roll it out a little bit, scoop the little bit of uh, fruit or whatever I'm going to use mm-hmm. it, fold it together, take my fork and press the ends out, and yeah, absolutely, whether you're baking it in the oven or simply, like you said, do a little bit of butter, seizing it up and frying it up really well, it's perfect.
0: All right, Bob, thanks for the call. Good uh, add to our list there. Next, we've got to Roger in Florence. Good morning, Roger.
2: Well, hey, Roger. <laughs>
5: that delicious pie almost made me forget what I called. <laughs> 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 but, but I couldn't let the uh, Jello discussion go by. Without singing the J the Jello song, you know <laughs> yes. Go you ahead. Know, I, I've forgotten the whole thing, but the last part was J E L L O. Have fun. All,
0: All right, fun. very good, Roger. Thanks oh. for the call. <clears throat> This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We're talking about desserts this morning. Have some open phone lines and some time before our interview with uh, Chef G. Garvin. So give us a call and share your favorite dessert with us at 1 877 MPB Ring. It's 1 877 672 7464. Annie is on the line from West Point, is up next. Good morning, Annie. Good
2: morning.
7: Good morning. Uh, to further
2: extend the previous caller's
7: comments, I
2: would like to say, sun ripened, tree, no, excuse me, tree ripened, sun dried Georgia peach fried pie. Yes, All right. ma'am. am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it, and it's really wonderful because um, a lot, there are so many different varieties of peaches, but that Georgia peach, it's got a beautiful color. It's very fragrancy, and it's perfect for pie. So thanks for that, Annie.
0: All right, Annie. Good to hear from you. Thanks again. Yet, Georgia peaches—that's that's a key there too because super uh, juicy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. The way you can just twist them off and and pop them open and take the pit out of there and. Oh, man, that's that's some good good eating.
2: And the wonderful thing about desserts, Kevin, is that they don't always have to be cooked, baked, or deep fried. You know, simply taking some fresh fruit is a wonderful way to create uh, yummy desserts. You can literally take that pizza, Kevin, slice it open like you said, and if you want to... Uh, You can, uh, you know, add a little bit of extra uh, lemon juice to it just to pop that flavor out a little bit. Scoop you some Cool Whip or ice cream right in the center and you can do that. Or you can just take that fresh fruit and just bake it for just a few minutes to kind of really warm up those flavors. But you don't always have to add all the extra sugars and all those kind of things because we do have listeners you know, who can't necessarily consume those things. And you can keep it fresh and still have wonderful, yummy desserts. And and they don't always have to be fruit cocktail either, Kevin. They can can be your your fresh grapes and, your you know, raisins and apples and a little coconut and some um, uh, peanuts and and things to create wonderful, yummy desserts. So absolutely.
3: All
0: right. uh, We've got um, Joey from Tremont on the line this morning. Good morning, Joey.
2: Hey, Joey. How are you doing today? Good. <laughs> Fantastic. How are
5: you? All right. Uh, I want to bring up congealed salad my mama used to make. Yes. It's got, I think, some kind of lime jello or lemon or something. Made it green. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. She, she'd always run me out in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it seemed like it had cottage cheese and berries yeah. and cans and... Maybe some coconut. I don't remember. I I don't know how to make it.
0: I do remember that. I don't think I've ever had it. Let me do a quick uh, search here and see what, uh, what it says about a congealed salad. Let's see.
5: That, and she'd set it in the refrigerator for a while. Yeah,
0: it says place uh, gelatin into the freezer until almost congealed. Place cream cheese in a bowl and beat until smooth. Fold cream cheese into the gelatin. Add cottage cheese, fruit cocktail, pineapple, oranges, apples, bananas, cherries, and walnuts.
2: Fruit cocktail,
5: Kevin, once again, <laughs> yes. I don't think she had all that in it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's along the same road, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. she made the simpler version, sounds like.
5: Uh, well, it was fine eating. All right. Hey, Joey, always good uh, to hear from you. Thanks
0: absolutely. thanks for the call Thank this morning. All. Enjoy. All righty. Uh, let's get another call in. We'll say uh, good morning to Blaine in Meridian. Hello, Blaine. Good morning, Blaine.
6: Good morning. Good morning, guys. I've got a little thing you can do with uh you know, how you always get a big thing of
5: strawberries and the last bit of them are a little funky. Uh, they're not burnt, but don't really want to eat them particularly. <laughs> yes. Uh, take those, chop them up, put them in a uh,
6: saucepan with some uh, sugar and water, cook them down so they're falling apart pretty well, thicken it with a little flour and add several pats of butter and uh, in the Appalachians, they call it strawberry hot jam, I think. British might
5: call it a hot pudding, mm. uh but I put it on top of biscuits.
6: Uh huh.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds good.
5: Pretty yummy little strawberry gravy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, I like Y'all that, that name. That sounds, see, that's so, that is so mean. It's strawberry gravy, Kevin. <laughs> strawberry <laughs> gravy. <laughs> You're getting well, strawberry gravy next week, okay? <laughs> there you
0: go. All right. Go. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for calling, Blaine. Let's uh, take one final break, and when we get back, we're going to hear Deborah's interview, and she'll tell us more about what is it, G?
2: Mr. G. Garvin.
0: G. Garvin. We'll do that. uh, Final break this hour on Deep South Dining. Back with more after this.
1: Stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPP Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Uh, now we're going to listen to an interview, Deborah, that you did this weekend, so I'm going to let you uh, set things up.
2: Well, over the weekend, Jackson State University uh, and uh, Sodeco Magic, which is an organization run and operated by Magic Johnson, uh, brought in a Food Network star, the Fabulous Mr. G. Garvin. And I had no idea what I was uh, walking into. One of the wonderful chefs and one of my dear friends, Godfrey Morgan, called me and said, You know, do you want to be a guest? And I said, Yes. I didn't know what I was showing up for when I got there. It was just beyond belief. And so I, you know, kind of being a little bit of hog, and I said, well, do you mind if we get an interview with you for Mississippi Public Broadcasting? And he said, well, I'm leaving on tomorrow. And I said, well, if we can make it happen today, would you do that? And he said yes. And then I called my wonderful producer, Mr. Java Chapman, and he showed up with his cape on, and we got the interview, and here (laughs) we go. All right, (laughs) let's hear it now. We like to welcome the very fabulous Mr. G Garvin, and we like to uh, start off with just asking you a few questions, Chef. One of the questions that I like to ask is, how did you go from being a cook to chef?
8: Well, I think it's it's simple. You know, you start your career out as a, a young culinary person, and even though it's not that way today, you know, there are many levels to becoming a chef. There's first cook, second cook, third cook, sous chef, chef turno, chef de cuisine, chef de partie executive sous chef, and then executive chef. Typically, that's the the, um, levels in which you have to climb in the hotel business, which is what the structure is based on. So, you know, for the first 25 years of my career, I was a line cook until I was promoted to executive sous chef. And then I think at 25, maybe 30, I got my first executive chef's job, and it was handed down to me.
2: Fantastic. So Deep South Dining is all about the flavor of the South. Can you tell us why people all over the world, in your travels, love Southern cooking so much?
8: Well, I think that Southern cooking has, has made an explosion back into the scene. For the longest time, when you think of the South, people thought of soul food. Soul food and Southern food are completely different. Soul food is specifically a staple of the black church in the South. Homecomings, homegoings, what you do on the first Sundays. Whereas Southern food is more based on the region of the South. And I think that when you travel throughout the world or the country, it's hard to find people that do Southern food well. And with Southern food, there's a certain expectation of service and how you greet it, how you treat it. It's all a part of Southern food. So when people come here, it reminds everyone of home. And that's sort of the staple or the base of Southern food.
2: Speaking of uh, feeling like you're at home and great hospitality, you had an amazing show today. Can Thank you tell you. us a little bit about that?
8: Yeah, you know, it's just, it's 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 G. Garvin doing what I do. Um, yeah, I do a lot of things and I am the freest when I'm on stage. I get to be who I am. I get to talk about food. I got to uh, be about food. I get to bring people together. One of the most important things for me is, as food, as I said on stage, is one of the last great common denominators for people it doesn 't matter who you are, where you live, how much money you have for the moment it 's just about food, and when you look around it 's just people being people it 's not brain surgery it 's just people having a good time in food and I created this show because I wanted to to give back to people. I wanted people to have a second to just breathe, not share their political views or their religious thoughts or how they feel about the world. Just shut up and eat for a minute.
2: I think that's absolutely fantastic because that is one of our motives at uh, Deep South Dining is, you know, is food and love. And it's where you can just be yourself. It's Mm -hmm. not about, like you said, it's not about politics. It's not about religion or race. It's just really about people getting together and being the best that they are. So you have a simple approach to cooking. Talk to me a little bit about that.
8: You know, it's it's as simple as it sounds. You know, people can overthink what they wear. People can over-design their houses. People can put way too many things on their car. People can, you know, screw up the interior of a house. For me, it's about food being food. It's simple. The integrity of food. um, It's about preserving the integrity of food, and that's what I'm about. I mean, I I think that there's a lot of different things you can do to make food look good and taste good, but allowing the integrity of the item to shine is what's important. So for me, it's not about, you know, white truffle results on pea shoots. It's about what I can share with people, what people can make, what people can emulate. And just it's literally just about the food.
2: Boy, let me tell you something. I love cream corn. I put my foot in that corn. It was so good. Oh, thank you oh so much. Oh, my gosh, that thank was you. amazing. And thank for you. those of you who really missed the show, you guys really missed the treat tonight. I mean, the food was amazing. Thank you. The presentation was amazing. Your energy is so hyped. I was in the back just, you know, jamming a little bit, had a really great time. So can you tell us what's next for G Garvin?
8: You know, what's next is up to the Lord. You know, for me, it's day by day. I, I wake up and, and my goal is to be a good father, a good friend, a good person. Um, you know, how how do I leave the world a better place for my children? Um, you know, every day is next for me because it's it's a part of my life. It's my production company is flourishing. My restaurant is flourishing. My relationship with Sedexo Magic is flourishing, you know, I serve as chief culinary advisor to Sedexo Magic, it's a dream job, I get to work with the best culinary minds on the planet, yeah. and, and it's every day, um, so what's next is just to continue, you know, being the being a child of God and, and, and making sure that I do my part to make the world a better place.
2: Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm just absolutely a little bit of starstruck. Oh, it was like it. when I found out that you were going to be here and I was going to have a chance to be in your presence as a foodie, thank this you. is like so freaking. I was like, I don't get to see him on TV. Oh, this thank is you. live. Thank and has just been really amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, can you give uh, our listeners like a simple dish, maybe one of these uh, secrets that you share, something that we can uh, leave our listeners, quick recipe, maybe?
8: I'll give you the salmon we did tonight. Um, you know, while there are various components to it, sautéed salmon this is really amazing. Sautéed cream corn, <clears throat> you know, sautéed the corn with the garlic, add the cream, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of butter. Leave it alone. Mix some arugula, some shaved onions, some shaved fennel with a little olive oil, a little kosher salt, wow. a little lemon juice, steamed clams. Call it a day.
2: My co-host, Kevin Farrell, is going to be so freaking jealous when he hears Ah. this interview. So I really want to thank you for your time and for your energy and for being here in Mississippi. God bless you, and much success continue to you.
8: you. you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right, that's uh, Deborah with the Food Network star, Chef G. Garvin. So, interesting interview and glad that you got to meet him. Sounded like it uh, really, I'm a big fan of, of uh, cream corn also, so that sounded really good.
2: Kevin, that corn was so yummy. I am never going to open up a can of corn again. It will always be fresh corn for me. Uh, it was really simple. He did the presentation on stage and, and basically the corn is just pre-blanched a little bit and then he put it in a skillet with some butter and, and uh, he put some heavy cream, a little bit of milk, tiny bit of sugar, and then again he added all these other things to, to bring it up to a very savory taste, but the dish was beautiful to look at. Uh, the room was packed. The energy was really hyped, and I was very, very proud of uh, Jackson State. And again, thank you to G- uh, Chef Jeffrey uh, Morgan for inviting me because it was just absolutely wonderful.
3: Now, I will say one of the best—the best, the best parts—we didn't even capture on um, on the interview. It was when the when the students came in from from Jackson State, and he was telling them about uh, you know just being a, a citizen of the world. As you, you remember that part, Deborah?
2: Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And I actually got a little bit of that um, video uh, captured, but he really is a great motivational speaker, uh, Kevin, along with all the other entrepreneurial things that he is doing. And the kids were just in awe, Java. If you can um, remember, all their faces were just at attention because when he left me with something, Kevin, you know, what are you doing to make the space that you're in better? And you know, then the one uh, thing that he said was, you know, there's no free rent in the world. You, you have all to pay
3: us, rent in the world, yeah.
2: All of us have to do our parts, and so it was just a wonderful gift all the way around.
3: And they, But the reason they were kind of receptive to him because of the, I just say, the excellence that he um, portrayed through his food and through his cooking. You know, That takes time and preparation, and if you can take time and preparation on your food and on your meal, then I'm pretty sure other aspects of your life are being cared for with time and preparation. Mm-hmm.
2: With that being said, said uh, Java I think all of us you know irregardless to um, you know what your job is in life we can add uh, kindness to other people to make the world a better place you don't necessarily have to have a national stage or a platform but the way that you love people, invite somebody over for dinner and find out a little bit more about their life and encourage a college student, you know, love on somebody that's a little bit older than you because, like, we're all citizens of the world and nobody gets to have free rent, Kevin. We all need to do our part.
0: All right. Uh, Roger from Florence called in earlier talking about Jello. so I found something online for him, so let me play
6: this. <laughs> Uh-oh, everyone!
7: What a welcome to the neighborhood.
6: Wait till you taste my Margie's dessert.
7: Dessert? I didn't make dessert. Instead, I made some fun. Watch it glimmer,
6: see it shimmer, cool and fruity. Jello, friend, gelatin of all desserts. You'll love the one that tastes so light and makes such
4: fun. Make jello, gelatin and make some fun. You've already made the neighborhood fun. <laughs>
0: And they didn't spell it out, but there at the end, that was the J-E-L-L-O. All right, so so Roger, one of
2: the original commercials from Jell-O. Okay. That's right. That
0: was from 1979. The woman had uh, moved into the neighborhood and made it just a better place to live. Uh, because she was serving jello
2: and you know it's really funny kevin because at one point jello really was one of those creme de la creme desserts to show up on your table you know they would create all these beautiful molds for you to pour your jellos in and it was the fancy little quick and easy dessert that you could put on your table and housewives everywhere were competing on who had the best flavor of dessert because they came in all these beautiful colors and what you added in and if you and they were even uh entered into food competitions so jello has been around for a while, and it's been doing his thing. I, I'm sorry, I just don't remember the one, two, three, but...
0: <laughs> well, it was, I think it was one of their less successful <laughs> products. Here's an interesting email to close things out. was just listening to y'all talk about jicama. I've been eating it for years. My favorite way is to cut it up like steak fries, spray a little cooking spray on it, sprinkle it with spices, then bake in the oven. It's a healthy french fry substitute, even goes well with ketchup. Sounds fantastic. Alright, that's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous support from you, our listeners. Our show was produced in Day by Java Chapman. I think Debbie was the call screener. So for Deborah Hunter and Kevin on Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. <laughs> Up next, it's now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey. That's followed by Southern Remedy at eleven. We'll be back next Sunday at nine for another Deep South Dining. Heard only on MPB Think Radio. <laughs>